the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. I see my name in shiny lights, yeah, a different city every night, oh, I, I swear, the world better prepare for when I'm a billionaire. It's time to get down to business on the weekend's number one business program. Known as the king of networking, your host, Shalom Klein, has worked with thousands of entrepreneurs and created countless jobs. So, to success, let's get down to business. And indeed, we're all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship and business. We talk a lot about business here on with Get Down to Business. And I'm your host, Shalom Klein. Remember, you can always download podcasts from Get Down to Business on my website at ShalomKlein.com. And while you're there, don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Shalom Klein. It's going to be a jam-packed week of content information you won't want to miss, so let's jump right in. I am so excited to be joined by Billy Price. Billy is the co-founder of Billy Footwear, a shoewear company that was started after suffering from a spinal cord injury as a teenager. Uh, congratulations, Billy, on the success because I know that you have built this company to over seven figures in revenue and now have over 20 full-time employees. Lots of cool stuff uh, at B- Billy Footwear, but first and foremost, Billy, welcome to the program. Oh, thank you so much. It's such a pleasure to be here. Absolutely. I've been reading up on your background. It's super duper exciting. But um, before we get into all the cool things about your company, let's talk about the cool things about you. Billy, you are a hero, my friend. Um, would love to hear a little bit about your background uh, and certainly how it's led to this passion for entrepreneurship. Wow. Well, thank you for that. Um, I My life has been a journey. It really has. I mean, I, I grew up in the Seattle area. Um, I was a fiercely independent kid. And you know, within that timeline, when I was 18 years old, I was a freshman in college, and I fell out of a three-story window. And uh, when that happened, it was a spinal cord injury to my neck and back. And that really took my life in a totally different direction. And I didn't have really an understanding of what that future would look like. And uh, it was a matter of like trying to relearn how to, you know, figure out what life would look like in terms of like what wheelchair would replace my legs, um, how to brush my teeth, comb my hair, write my name. So that was the one thing I was dealing with, but then what the end game would look like in terms of working and buying a house and, you know, starting entrepreneurship, whatever that, whatever that looked like. Um, there were a lot of unknowns in that, car, in, that, in that little moment in time. That's amazing. So again, all of those things um, certainly have led to uh, your passion and your success at Billy Footwear. I know, Billy, you have a uh, bachelor's in mechanical engineering from the University of Washington. And uh, now, again, lots of success hiring people, which we could have a whole conversation just on that. But your products are actually now being sold at Nordstrom and at Zappos, which is pretty darn cool. Um, so, Billy, what is Billy Footwear? So we're a shoe company based out of Seattle, and uh, the concept is very much easy on, easy off shoes. There's a zipper on the outside that goes around the toe, which allows the whole upper to fold over, and you can drop your foot in unobstructed. So when you look at it, you're like, oh my gosh, that looks like a regular shoe, but someone like myself that really needs function, it's very, very easy to put on, but it transcends that. It can basically sit on the shelves of any major retail partner, you name two, Nordstrom and Zappos. We're also in Kohl's, we're in Target, we're in DSW. 
a bunch of independents throughout the United States, as well as Canada, Europe, and Australia. Amazing. Well, congratulations on that. So I mentioned a moment ago that you have your products on some pretty interesting retailers' shelves, both in person as well as online. How did that happen uh, within five years of starting? Well, you know, uh, it's a matter of networking game. It's a matter of kind of, you know, finding those door openers that allow you to have a conversation with the bigger people. So we had um, some numbers, there's some people on our team that had connections to Nordstrom, had some connections to Zappos, and it just allowed us to facilitate that conversation to go in and like talk about the vision of the brand, talk about like the need out there, and talk about the direction it could go. And a lot of these situations, the customer or the, the retailer could have said no, but instead they said yes, they took a chance, and we just did everything we could to make sure that we would sell through and be successful for them, but also successful for the customer. Okay. Wow. Well, fantastic. That's that's incredible. So, I want to I want to dive deep in this conversation. Um, Billy, you again started this company, and and certainly it's been uh, it's been pretty amazing. I'm I'm curious how this how how your products have. Uh, I know you've talked about this in previous interviews. It's become a prototype to fulfill your personal needs and help those like yourself. And you were very direct in telling us about your spinal cord injury as a teenager. So what what does owning a company mean to you? And what does it mean for, for the products that you're producing? Uh, what's the message you're trying to convey? Well, I mean, we're in the business of adding value. If we want to, everything we do, we want to add value to the lives of others. And uh, we do that really through the spirit of inclusion. So what we wanted to do is we wanted to create a widget that um, was more like a universal design. It would work for myself on the function level, but it would work for anyone else for a trending shoe. So the message really had to do with inclusion. It really is. I mean, inclusion is a word they've talked about quite frequently now. It's getting, I mean, it's been around for a long time, but right now it just seems like that word is getting a lot more attention. And that we're, it's been exciting for us as a brand to be one in this space but also kind of on the front end of that bow wave. And uh, there's just a tremendous amount of focus and attention on trying to create equality across, and it's been awesome to be able to bring a widget to the market that really lives in that space. Wow, well, congratulations again. I'm chatting with Billy Price, the co-founder of Billy Footwear, a shoewear company that, as I said earlier, was started after uh, he suffered a spinal cord injury as a teenager. But now, fast forward, um, the company's currently doing over seven figures in revenue with 20-plus full-time employees. So, Billy, I promised uh, we'd talk about something pretty cool. Um, Your products have been in a movie. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Boy, that was an amazing moment in time. So we got called up by producers for one in Netflix movie called We Could Be Heroes. It aired on Christmas Day a couple of years ago. And uh, it was amazing. There were about 12 kids that were involved in this. They're all young superheroes. And they're all wearing the same shoe. And it was awesome because it was different skin color, different ages, different ability groups. Um, so that was exciting. But it was crazy. That producer, when they reached out, that same week we had a producer reaching out for the upcoming Ghostbusters movie. So our shoes were featured, um, it was a red high top. It was on Miss McKenna Grace, the main heroine of that movie. And uh, it was awesome because our team, when the, sh- when, the, um, when the movie actually dropped, we all went into the theater and we were sitting there. And every time we saw our shoes up on screen, we'd do a little cheer. It was like, oh my gosh, this is so incredible. So yes, we got an- ended up on that movie. How they found us, I don't know, but it was such an absolute privilege to be up there on the screen and it really garnered a lot of attention for the brand. 
That is huge. That is huge. Congratulations. That is awesome. So changing gears for a moment, talking about entrepreneurship, um, you know, you've certainly discovered a thing or two about hiring, about marketing. You've talked about the product placement. I mean, ultimately, you're, you have these products in some amazing, amazing places that many business owners would give a body part um, and, 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 you know, aim to, uh, aim to accomplish. Um, but what has been the biggest shock in owning a business and being an entrepreneur? What's, if you don't mind, give us the down and dirty of, of some of the areas that maybe you've struggled that you would not want somebody tuning into this program as they develop their entrepreneurial dream to have to go through the same same challenges. Well, I love that. I mean, because there's so much mentorship that I saw from other people. Uh, one thing I would definitely say about entrepreneurship, it's hard. <laughs> I mean, it's not sure. It's very, very difficult. I had a day job that I worked at uh, for 16 years, and uh, I stepped away from that to really work three times as hard. Um, as an entrepreneur, as a self-employed, you know, person starting a business. But I will say there's nothing like it. You know, it is absolutely so incredibly awarding because you have, it's up to you. Um, you're in control over that, over that capacity, over that direction, over that, you know, the impact that you can create. So uh, it's tough, but at the same time, the reward um, and the fruit that comes from it is just incomparable. I will say to get on the right path, you really have to build up your network and uh, you have to not quit. Every time there's any sort of failure, we've had so many failures along the way, but every single time we failed, it was incredible because right on the back end of that failure, it seemed like it was the opportunity for an even bigger success that we hadn't gotten had we not failed. In other words, we needed to fail to get to the bigger promised land. So as an entrepreneur, I would say keep grinding because that's what it is. It is a grind, but just don't look back, keep looking forward and you'll get there. Indeed, and that's coming from the co-founder of Billy Footwear, uh, the one and only Billy Price, with an inspirational story and an incredible product line. And uh, I have no doubt over the coming years we'll be seeing a lot more, maybe in some upcoming movies too, who knows? But um, that's exciting, and you beat me to it in terms of the number one bit of advice over there, so that's, that's awesome. Billy, we're running out of time over here, and I want to make sure our listeners know where they can find your products, where they can learn more about your story, and most importantly, where they can get in contact Contact. Billy Price, can you share that information? Oh, absolutely. So the mothership is billyfootwear.com. So on that website, we do have a tab that says store locations. And when you click on that, you'll see little dot, little dots all over the planet. So throughout the U.S., throughout Canada, throughout Europe, throughout Australia. Um, those are areas you can actually go and shop the shoes. They're not, they're not Billy Footwear stores, but they're retail partners that, that carry the brand. Um, on social, we're at Billy Footwear across the board. So Twitter. Um, Instagram, uh, Facebook, YouTube, TikTok, all that. So please follow us on social. Please follow us on the website. If you have any questions, you can reach out to us through social, but you can also reach out to us through info at billyfootwear.com, which is on the contact page. Um, awesome. Well, Billy Price, thanks so much for joining us. Be sure to check out Billy Footwear. Um, you'll be seeing, I'm sure, a lot more from them. But speaking of things that you'll be seeing a lot more of, if you hold tight and don't touch that dial, we've got a lot more small business jobs and entrepreneurship where this came from. You're listening to Get Down to Business. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Get Down to Business, the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. I'm very excited and thrilled to be joined by John Cash, the CEO of Your Energy, a uranium mining company that owns and operates Lost Creek. Um, we're going to talk about uh, uranium and uh, the work that he's doing in South Central Wyoming. Um, but uh, first and foremost, John Cash, welcome to the program. 
Hey, thanks. It's uh, great to be on. Uh, this should be a lot of fun. Absolutely, absolutely. I know you are a past president of the Uranium Producers of America. You're a fellow of the inaugural World Nuclear Summer Institute with multiple degrees in geology and geophysics. Quite an interesting background. I've got to say that this is definitely a first for Get Down to Business. So, John, I have to start with getting to know you a little bit. How did you become so passionate about this interesting, interesting line of work? Yeah, so, you know, I wasn't always interested in the nuclear space. When I went to uh, college at the University of Missouri at Rolla, uh, I went into the, the uh, chemical engineering program. And uh, very quickly, they said, you know, look, guys, we're not very well funded right now. The scholarships are really in the geology department. So, you know, go sign up for geology classes, get scholarships there. And then ultimately, uh, if you want to switch back to chemical engineering, do that. And so I, I took the advice, got some fantastic scholarships uh, to go into geology, and I took a geology 101 uh, physical geology class my freshman year, and I was hooked immediately. I loved it. Uh, I loved being outdoors. I loved the physical science aspect of it, and I never went back to chemical engineering. And so that was really my first foray into geology. Stuck with it, got my uh, bachelor's and master's degree in geology. And while I was still in school, I actually had an opportunity to work for two global major mining companies, uh, BHP and Rio Tinto, uh, doing uranium exploration, uh, just kind of uh, part-time jobs working for them. And uh, I was hooked. Uh, I loved wow. it. A great exposure to an industry that uh, most people don't know a whole lot about, uh, but it has a lot of a very interesting aspects. So I've loved it ever since. Uranium is the only commodity I've ever worked in, for better or worse. But I think mostly for the better. So that's really how I got started. <laughs> Again, I'm chatting with the CEO of Your Energy and uh, this publicly traded company with uh, it's probably outdated information, but as of a couple of months ago, current market cap of uh, 271 plus um, million dollars and um, some substantial cash resources, which is great. And that's why you are the subject matter expert. And so. Uh, involved in so many different organizations. So it's an interesting time to have this conversation. I certainly, uh, towards the end of our conversation, I want to talk about folks like you, young John Cashes that might be considering what areas to get into. And I mean, obviously, I'm curious to, to learn about uh, whether you would share this as a, some uh, possible opportunities in the future. But certainly, uh, when we're talking about Europe and Asia, um, I've been in preparation for this conversation. I've been looking into um, the power needs of sort of the world in general. And um, from what I understand, there is an opportunity for some very tremendous growth in this uranium industry, especially as some of these other continents are starting to look at a greater reliance on nuclear energy. Am I, am I correct in that? And what are some of the things that we should be looking for in the future? No, you're absolutely correct. We're seeing tremendous growth globally, especially in Asia, Asia but in Europe, even in North America as well, uh, a lot of growth potential. Overnight, in fact, Japan announced that they are going to be advancing more aggressively the restarts of their nuclear reactors, and they are actually looking at building out more uh, plants in Japan because there is such a demand now for carbon-free electricity, and nuclear fits that bill. Not only is it carbon-free, but it's on 24-7, 365. It's reliable. Renewables are great. I'm not going to badmouth them. They have their place. But the big downfall with them is the sun goes down at night and the wind doesn't always blow. But with nuclear, it's up 365 days a year. It's becoming more and more cost competitive. And again, countries around the world are really beginning to turn to nuclear 
uh, to fill that demand, to fill that need. Japan's just one example. France has announced plans to uh, extend the life of their plants and actually build out more. England is embarking on a build-out program. China is the gorilla in the room. They're looking at building 150, 150 reactors in the next 15 years. Here in the U.S., we're building out two reactors right now in Georgia uh, by Southern Company. Uh, here in Wyoming, where I'm sitting today, uh, Bill Gates has got a company called TerraPower, and they are looking at building a small modular reactor, which it, it appears that that's the wave of the future where you have these factory-built reactors that are easy to build, much less expensive, and can be built very quickly because the, all of the engineering is the same. It's very redundant, kind of like uh, turning out Model Ts. And then you go out and you you build them mm-hmm. and re- you replace existing power plants. So the, the growth potential is tremendous, and we expect to see year growth for a very long time. Huge growth potential, absolutely. Um, and obviously, we only have a few minutes, and this is a topic that we could spend hours and hours on. Um, but I am certainly also curious, as uh, I, like so many others, in hearing about uranium mining, uh, immediately I jump over to the national security uh, aspect and that side of things. So what's the general, call it stereotype, and what are some of the uh, the geopolitical side of things that, as you have your conversations, what are some of the things that uh, uh, folks that are pretty ignorant like myself in this, what do you want them to know uh, in these areas? Well, you're talking to some of the diversity of our industry, and that's one of the reasons why I enjoy the nuclear space so much. Certainly, national security is a very important component of that. Uh, a lot of people don't recognize that the U.S. government has not purchased uranium for national defense needs for a very long time. We've got a very large stockpile in the U.S. that's been in place for quite some time, and the nuclear Navy is the largest consumer of that fuel, and uh, you know, they, they've got a stockpile that's probably good through 2050. Uh, so the U.S. demand for uh, defense needs is not that great. But a lot of people don't recognize, too, that nonproliferation treaties that we've signed with other countries requires that any uranium that goes into defense needs, nuclear navy or warheads, it has to be derived from U.S. mining and U.S. technology and U.S. processing. We can't rely on other countries for that. It all has to be homegrown. And right now we have very little capacity in the U.S. to do that. And that's got to be grown back in uh, before 2050 so we can uh, fill those needs for the U.S. government for national security. Fascinating. Again, I'm chatting with John Cash, the CEO of Your Energy, a uranium mining company that owns and operates the Lost Creek. We were just talking about this in south central Wyoming and uh, certainly a growing, growing uh, industry. And we could talk certainly for hours. And I, I'm proud to say now that John is definitely the uh, the subject matter expert for Get Down to Business on this topic, because this is definitely a first in this conversation, hopefully the first of many. So, John, in our remaining couple of minutes over here, I actually want to focus on the other side of things. We frequently talk about entrepreneurship. We talk about growing sectors. We've certainly checked off those boxes. But I also love to talk about employment as well. And for the young John Cashes that are out there going to the University of Missouri Rolla or, or anywhere else, in the country, would you would you recommend getting into this space in nuclear and and uranium? Would you follow this the same path uh, if you were just getting started today? I talk to kids about this all of the time, including my own kids. I've got three kids, and encourage them to to get into this space. Uh, we are in short supply of positions that are like geologist, geophysicist, 
health physicists. We're in severe shortage of those. Nuclear engineers, all of those are in high demand, and uh, we expect that to continue into the foreseeable future. Those are strong technical degrees, uh, and I would strongly encourage any young person who has an interest in science, technology, engineering to pursue those. The wages are fantastic. The benefits are fantastic. And uh, there, there's a lot of opportunity, not just in the U.S., but globally with those degrees. It, exciting times and in an exciting industry. Absolutely. So, John, um, I appreciate you sharing so much with our listeners. And I know that you uh, are passionate and you speak very regularly and super involved in educating on this industry. So my next question is probably the easiest of all is how can we get a hold of you? How can we learn more about the important work that you're doing both at Your Energy, which I know is going to uh, hopefully produce over 2.2 million pounds of uranium and earn over $1 billion in annual revenue. But where can we get in touch with you and learn more? Yeah, so information can be readily gained at our website, www.ur-energy.com. We've got a great set of information there, not only just about the company uh, from a financial perspective, but also from a technical perspective. We'd encourage people to jump on our website, and we have a video about our mining technique. It's a bit of a unique process called in-situ mining that people will find very interesting. We don't actually dig up rock. We just inject water oxygen and baking soda to recover uranium. It's a very uh, unusual process, very clean, very tidy. So we encourage people to check us out, check out the mining technology. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you, John Cash. Appreciate you sharing your expertise with our listeners. I certainly will be following this closely and look forward to staying in close contact with you and bring you back on real soon. But we've got to squeeze in a very quick break, some headlines, commercials, quick break, and get down to business. The show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. You get on my website, shellandkline.com. Don't touch the dial. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Get Down to Business. There is nothing that I enjoy more than marketing, but uh, certainly one thing that I know I need to learn a thing or two uh, about is technical marketing content. That's why I'm bringing on Carl Hughes, who's the founder of Draft.dev. We'll talk more about that in just a moment. But Carl, um, I know you have been hitting so many milestones since getting started at Draft.dev. Full-time staff, 200 contract writers, 90-plus clients. Congratulations, Carl. Welcome to the program. Yeah, good to be here, Shalom. Thanks. Absolutely. What does your company do, and why is it unique? Yeah, so essentially, we do technical marketing content. What that means is if you're like a web hosting company and you want to reach software developers to get them to use your platform, you go to a company like us. We're one of the very few people that actually offers this level of super deep, technical, written-by-engineer content that also serves a marketing purpose, so really unique in the, the space. That's awesome. And I know you run your company in a pretty unique way in what I would call the post-COVID kind of way. Um, Your team is completely remote and um, people are working, as I understand it, at uh, on an asynchronous schedule. So you've got people that are working at all hours of the day and night. I'm really curious having this conversation in late 2022. How has that been working and would you recommend that to fellow entrepreneurs tuning in? Absolutely. I mean, this is so I started this business partly because I wanted the lifestyle freedom to be able to take off a day and hang out with my son when I wanted and work around his school schedule and lots of things like that. So I give that to all our employees. Like you said, mostly asynchronous. We don't do like Slack or real time chat. Everything gets handled in project management tools and a couple maybe weekly meetings for most people. And what it allows people to do is focus on deep work and do the things we're paying them to do and not get caught up in all the the sort of messy office politics stuff. There are downsides to it and I can get into 
that, but like it's uh, it, it works for the right kind of people. I'll say that, and people who self select into draft.dev's kind of like unique environment love it. People who self select out totally get why it's not for them. <laughs> Fascinating, and I want to stay on that schedule of or on that topic of of entrepreneurship, and then we'll get more into that technical marketing side of things. But you you said that you you started this company because you wanted to develop a certain uh, lifestyle, and certainly because you're really good at what you do, which is awesome. How what would your advice be in in to fellow entrepreneurs that have an idea? How do you how do you hit that first ten thousand dollars in revenue and scale really really fast like you did? Yeah, just start selling the crap out of it. I mean, like I'm a software engineer by background, so the the default for people like me, software engineers, we like to go sit in a room and build cool stuff, right? Uh, so many engineers have a hard time breaking out of that and going out and actually talking to customers. So what I did to to kind of get out of my engineering shell and like make this thing happen was essentially just started getting on the phone with everybody I could find who could be a potential customer and just had a conversation, asked them for an intro to the next person, and I didn't even start it as a sales call. It was more of a learning discovery process. Really quickly, though, I started to see a need. Over and over, I was hearing, we need this. We would pay more if we could get this. We've got budget for this, but we can't find providers. And that was just a clear calling card to me. Like, okay, there's a business need here. Let's just go do it. I'm chatting with Carl. He's the founder of Draft.dev, where they create technical marketing content for companies. We've already touched on entrepreneurship. I want to touch on that technical marketing content. How can a how, how can and should companies create marketing content that is actually aimed at software engineers or technical audiences and most importantly, succeed at doing it? Yeah, I mean, you've got to pair technical expertise with marketing and editorial skills. So very rarely do we find a software engineer who's an amazing writer that is doing that full time, right? That's not what they do. They do. They write code every day. So what we do is we look for subject matter experts who are fairly good writers and good at organizing thoughts, good at communicating things. And then we pair them up with really experienced developmental and copy editors to make them sound really, really good, like a you know professional level marketing copy would, would be expected. So it's the pairing of those two things. We also do some other things like technical reviews. We have full-time engineers in-house that help us with that kind of thing. And a lot of other things for quality control because we operate now at a scale where you can't just have like every single writer be a, a trusted known entity. You mentioned we have over 200 of them actively working. So a big part of it is making sure we've got good quality control processes in place. And uh, that's basically the key. It's not really that secret. It's just a matter of doing it and operationalizing it in a way that you can scale it up. And you found some very talented people again at draft.dev, which we'll uh, send people to in just a moment. But I can't leave this conversation without getting just a, a, a one more bit of entrepreneurship advice. Carl, what was the moment that you knew that, again, really good at doing this, but I can't do it all myself that I needed to bring, as I understand, you've got 15 plus full-time people. And like yeah. we said, 200 contract writers. When, when did you start to hire and what has that process been like? Yeah, I, I, my philosophy for this is I, I basically track my time really religiously, and I always spend 50% of my time on sales and marketing, especially at the beginning, and 50% on client operations and delivery. So once I filled up my schedule and I literally could not do any more time on client like work, I started to hire people in. And I had tracked my time well enough that I knew I was spending 5, 10, 20 hours a week on X and Y tasks, and I just filled in the gaps. Started with freelancers, moved them to part-time as we could justify it, and grew from there. Okay, great advice. Uh, and who needs to get in contact with Draft.dev and how do they do so? Yeah, developer tools companies, uh, you know who you are. It's a, a niche market, so it's not a general purpose thing. But if you are interested in marketing to a software engineering or really technical audience, data engineers, data scientists, et cetera, that's all we do. Love to talk to you. Even if we're not going to fit, I'll send you off to the right freelancers or consultants who are. 
And one more time, that website and contact information. Yeah, draft.dev, or you can find us at Twitter at, at draft.dev. And I'm Carl, K-A-R-L, at draft.dev. Easy to find indeed. Carl, he is uh, founder of draft.dev and uh, where they create technical marketing content for companies. And certainly uh, congratulations on all of that success. And over the coming couple of years, I know we're going to be seeing a lot more from you. We've got more small business jobs and entrepreneurship advice for all of you listening in Chicago and around the world. Don't touch that dial. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Get Down to Business, the show about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. Uh, we are powered by our good friends at healthplanchicago.com. That is uh, the website for my very dear friend, Tom Mirabali. He's an independent agent, helps folks with the Affordable Care Act. His phone number is 630-863-3477, 630-863-3477. I'm super excited for this conversation. I'm joined by Jeffrey Deckman, um, who is a nationally recognized thought leader and award-winning author on the next evolution of leadership. Uh, he just recently published a book. It's called Developing the Conscious Leadership Mindset for the 21st Century, and it's won a lot of awards, far too numerous to name in our very short conversation <laughs> over here. Jeff Deckman, welcome to the program. Thank you. I'm uh, really happy to be here and excited to talk about uh, leadership and organizational development. Absolutely. Conscious leadership mindset, indeed. And as I like to do with all of our guests, I would love to get to know the person behind the microphone. I know that you have certainly had your ups and downs, some personal health challenges, and I know that that mm. has certainly uh, formed you into the man that you are today. Do you mind uh, telling our listeners briefly a little bit about yourself? Uh, not at all. I, uh, I, I'm i kind of an unlikely entrepreneur. Uh, I'm one of those guys that I moved around a lot when I was a kid, so I barely graduated high school, and I got out and I became a lineman and a tower worker, blue-collar worker. Uh, then became an engineer in the cable television industry, which led me to start my first company, which I built that up to about four and a half million dollars. And it went bankrupt in 1987. Uh, so I had a business startup and a business failure. Then I started another company in telecommunications space, and I sold that a week before its 21st birthday. So my background is really right in the trenches of building small to medium sized businesses Uh with cash flow and blood, sweat, and tears. So my passion is really in helping small to medium-sized business owners to build their organizations easier than I built mine. So uh, then I decided to become a consultant. Wow, amazing. Um, that's, that's incredible. And we'll talk about all of those things indeed. Again, chatting with the author of Developing the Conscious Leadership Mindset for the 21st Century, and that is Jeffrey Deckman. Um, and Jeffrey, appreciate you sharing all of that. I know you publish information and content regularly um, through Forbes, and we'll definitely make sure to link to all of that uh, coming up here shortly. Um, but let's let's talk about leadership mindsets. Um, mm. What does that term? How would you define that for listeners that might be driving on this uh, on this beautiful weekend and uh, and maybe don't know too much about that they have a leadership mindset? Well, you know, I, uh, I've, I've gone through several transformations in my life, and I, I differentiate transformation from change. Change is staying in a, uh, kind of in the same area and making tweaks on the side. Transformation is going from one way of being to another. So the first, the transform, what I've learned about transformation is there's three steps to it, and the first step is you have to have a new mindset. 
as that applies to leadership, the new mindset for that is we have to shift away from the command and control top down linear thinking mindset that defined the industrial age in the, in the 20th century. And what we need to do is we need to go into what I call an elder consciousness. So uh, instead of running things kind of from our ego and from a mental standpoint, we want to come more from a from like a tribal elder. And by that, what our focus becomes not command and control, but more being a leader who functions as a communicator, a collaborator and a facilitator of the collective genius in our teams so that we can mobilize that human capital to increase performance and the profits that come with it. So it's a whole different mindset on how you see yourself as a leader and how you engage uh, your people and how you invite them to engage you. That's the first step. And that the book talks a lot about uh, various steps that you can take that help you to become more self-aware. You know, if, if, if I don't know myself well enough and if I can't lead myself, manage my emotions, my ego, etc., then I really don't have a right to expect other people to let me lead them. So the first step on the path to leadership is uh, is an inward one, and so are all the rest. And that, that's a real car, core part of the mindset, is really look at yourself and make sure that you are functioning at the highest level of consciousness you can. It doesn't mean you walk around and hug everybody to death. You know, uh, business is a contact sport. But uh, we really need to shift away from the ego-based leadership and go into more of an elder-type leadership. Awesome. Fantastic. That's certainly answered a lot of my questions over there, which is uh, interesting. Um, I know your book has already uh, gotten a lot of attention, which is great. Um, we're going to have to squeeze in a break in a little bit, but I'm curious, what, are, what can a reader of this fantastic uh, book, Developing the Conscious Leadership Mindset for the 21st Century, what will they walk away with um, in terms of uh, practical application? They'll walk away with three specific things. One is they will get a much deeper connection to who they are as a person and a leader. They're also going to get a very unique uh, new viewpoint of what actually drives the organization. It's not the org chart. There are three things behind the org chart that drive performance. And then the last part is they're going to get a lot of uh, tactical things that they can use in the real world environment to lead people on an individual basis. So it's mindset. It's a new mindset. It's a new organizational model and it's new leadership uh, methods. Wow. Amazing. I can't wait to, uh, to pick up a copy of the book, and I know all of our listeners will want to do the same, but I know that you also speak very regularly on leadership and organizational performance, and we're going to finish up our show in just a, a few moments um, with some of that information. But before we do that, a reminder for all of our listeners, you get on my website, shalomkline.com, or you can go on your favorite podcast app, uh, Apple, Google, Spotify, really doesn't matter, and just search for Get Down to Business. That's where you can uh, be notified when a new episode even if you're traveling outside of the Chicagoland area, um, we've got content and information that you won't want to miss. And speaking of which, when you uh, get those podcasts, make sure you subscribe, rate, review, and share. It makes it easier for others to find it. But again, we're going to be back on Get Down to Business in just a moment, continuing our conversation with Jeffrey Deckman. We'll be right back. Don't touch that dial. Dig it! 
We're back and get down to business. The show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. Check out my website, shalomkline.com. I'm rejoined by Jeffrey Deckman, the author of Developing the Conscious Leadership Mindset for the 21st Century, which has won a total of four national and international Stevie Awards and is an Amazon bestseller in the occupational and organizational psychology category. He has also won the 2021 International Business Awards Bronze Medal for Innovator of the Year. Um, Jeffrey previously uh, explained a little bit about his background as a serial entrepreneur who has bootstrapped two multi-million dollar companies, several nonprofits, multiple political organizations, and now since 2005, has been a leadership and organizational performance consultant and leadership coach. We only have a few minutes remaining. Um, but Jeffrey, if you don't mind, um, a lot of our listeners are entrepreneurs, small business owners, just getting on their journey. What should they know about developing the conscious leadership mindset for the 21st century? Three things, I'll go through them really quickly, is the first thing is you must tap into your inner elder, as I call it. And that's the wisest part of you that uh, is the one who's really looking at how can they best support people around them instead of telling them what to do. Uh, you know, as a leader, we want people to follow our direction more than following our directions. And that requires us to be able to to tap in and activate the collective, gene, the collective genius of their team. So the first thing is tap into that inner elder, the wisest part of you that we all have with us, and is often drowned out by the ego. The next thing is you absolutely have to tap into the collective genius of your teams. You know, 70% of the people in the workforce are not engaged, yet surveys show from Gallup that 70% want to be engaged. And the more you engage your teams, the better they perform. And the more they perform, the higher your profits. So money doesn't make money. People do. So you focus on the human capital. And the way you activate that collective genius is you invite them into conversations. You uh, invite their questions. You listen to them. And I have an acronym that I use when I want to interrupt people, which is often. And the acronym is WAIT, W-A-I-T. And it stands for Why Am I Talking? So that helps me to engage the team and listen. Uh, and the third thing is you really have to pay attention to how your organization is designed. There's a lot of attention paid to leadership training, which is awesome and is needed. But if you train your leadership teams to be agile and to tap into the collective genius, but your organization is not designed to allow for that engagement communication to, to occur, it's going to choke out whatever it is you learn from your or from your leadership training. So I stress leadership training, organizational development training, leadership training, organizational development training, and focusing on finding your inner elder that knows how to lead with wisdom. So those are the three things. Inner elder, activate the collective genius, and make sure your organization is designed so that it can uh, it, it doesn't block productivity. Wow. Well, that's uh, words of wisdom from the subject matter expert himself, Jeffrey Deckman. Um, Jeffrey, I know our listeners are going to want to get in contact with you to get a copy of the book as well as learn more about all your work. I know that you are a member of the Forbes uh, Coaches Council and you regularly publish on Forbes.com. But where can people get in touch with you for your uh, for your practice and all your amazing work? It's really easy. Just go to JeffreyDeckman.com. And uh, I should tell you that I'm starting a, uh, a high-level leadership training certification program starting uh, September 13th. And if anybody's interested in finding more about it, it's uh, Jeffrey at JeffreyDeckman.com. They can go to my website and look for the uh, M3 process, and it'll explain it. But 
It's a, it's a powerful certification leadership program that's going to last for about three months. I'm limiting it only to eight people per class because it's going to be really high impact. But anybody interested in learning next generation stuff, this is going to be a perfect way to do it. Well, we should all be interested in that. That's for sure. JeffreyDeckman.com. Thank you so much for coming on with us. And what a fantastic lineup we've had today. We started with Billy Price um, from Billy Footwear that's been seen on Ghostbusters. We continued uh, in learning about uranium with John Cash. Uh, continue our conversation, uh, leadership and making impact. Uh, Carl Hughes and certainly wrapped up this conversation. Jeffrey Deckman. Um, and a leadership mindset. That's a wrap for us here on Get Down to Business. Get on my website, shalomkline.com. To success, let's get down to business. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.